Assalamualaikum everyone. Welcome back to season two of Isn't Mo Muslim Though, now titled Isn't Mo Quarantine Though. I know pretty cliche, but hey, coronavirus has hit us all. And as a global pandemic, I thought what a better time to start a new season of my podcast. Now, today we are going to be talking with me and my wife, Safa Dada. I thought, you know, I'd start the season off with the two of us talking about how we've adapted to the pandemic and just getting a sense of our work from home schedules. So Safa, can you tell everyone a little bit about what you do and how that's been changing with the whole coronavirus pandemic? Thank you so much. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Uh, like Ziad said, I am his wife. My name is Safa and I teach second grade. So the whole quarantine or the stay at home order has been a tough transition for us. We decided to switch to e-learning instead of doing an extended spring break. And part of that was because there's usually a federal recommendation or a state recommendation for a contingency plan for extended school closures. And so we told parents that, you know, as a district, we told parents that if schools were closed, that we would have an e-learning plan. But what happened was after we told them that, the governor declared all these days an act of God that didn't need to be made up. So then it wasn't required to do e-learning. But since we'd already communicated to families that we were intending on doing e-learning, we kind of had to stick with that, which was kind of crazy, especially if you think about primary teachers, kindergarten, first grade, second grade. So when you say you alerted the parents about e-learning, how was that day? How did that go down? Yeah, that was really crazy. So um, it was like the Friday, March 13th, Friday the 13th, right? <laughs> there was a full moon that week and we all make jokes about that. And then, you know, as a Muslim, you're like, astaghfirullah, these jokes. <laughs> but um, so it was a crazy week already. You know, we were getting news from China and Italy and the kids were on edge. On Monday morning, that week I had a class meeting. I answered all their questions. We had talked about washing our hands again. Uh, which we talk about a lot in second grade. Mm -hmm. We studied germs in second grade, so it was like real life applicable to science. How did you uh, show them how to wash their hands? Yeah, so this was actually in December. I had a really bad strain of the stomach flu circulating. And this one day I had four kids throw up in class and go home. And then by the end of the day, I lost seven students to it. And we were having class in the library because they had sent, like, the district had sent machines to deep clean our rugs. So then the next day I put, um, I mixed glitter with Vaseline and I <laughs> spread it on their hands. And I told them to just go wash their hands as normal. And they noticed that, you know, maybe they did a really good job on their palms, but, like, between their fingers or the backs of their hands or, you know, if somehow they got it on their wrists and their arms, they were still covered in this sticky glitter. Um, and we talked about how those are like germs. Can you go around and do that exercise at like adult offices? Because I feel like a lot of them don't have good hand washing habits. Yeah, I've heard and I've seen. Even when you like... That's, if, that's if the guys wash their hands after they that's use That's what I was going to say. Like, you know, even at school and these are little kids, but you like realize their habits or their family's habits when you see a kid just walk right out of the bathroom and go to class. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so... In one day, you told everyone e-learning, and then you guys got ready? <laughs> no, I wish it was one day. So that Friday, Friday the 13th, we came in. Um, we had an emergency staff meeting before work. And at this point, Schomburg had closed schools. Hinsdale had closed schools. Like, we were getting all these notifications. And that morning, we received communication from the district to our principal to us that school would not be closing, that we are still having school. 
There's no school closure. At 1.15 p.m., I drop my kids off to art class at 12.45. So I'm in the middle of my professional learning community. We're talking about data for next week. And we get the word, actually around 12.30, we get the first hint that all is definitely not as well as the district is saying is our neighboring school district called off and we usually do whatever they do Mm. so we're getting notes oh you know this district shut down and i'm like it's a matter of time (laughs) and so at 115 we get an email saying that you know school's going to be closed for two weeks until spring break and of course school ends at 230 it's 115 i have to pick up my class from art at 130 so, you know, my heart is racing. I'm like, oh, my goodness. they. So we have one-to-one Chromebooks. I'm like, okay, so they can take their Chromebook home. But our kids, second graders, had never taken them home. Mm-hmm. And we don't have chargers for them or cases. I'm like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get this together in 15 minutes? I'm like, maybe I should print some stuff. So we called off our meeting at 1.15, and we are, like, running. Uh, there's three of us who teach second grade. So one's at the copy machine, one's at the computer sending stuff to the <laughs> printer. And I'm like running to the computer lab to get chargers in order. So within 15 minutes, we have chargers for all the kids. We've printed out um, like worksheets, reading logs, math challenges. And we've gotten like all these, we get scholastic news. We've like printed out quizzes for them and we're like assembling them. And, you know, we have to run and get our kids. In 15 minutes, I usually, uh, at work, that's the amount of time I take to, you know, get a cup of coffee and, like, maybe some cereal from the cereal bar and, like, sit down at my computer in the morning. And, like, you guys prepped for a whole, like, e-learning for two weeks or more. Well, and then, and then we thought that parents would find out after school, but 1.30, I pick up my kids at 1.35, right? 1.30, they're in art, PA announcement, boys and girls. Uh, I don't want to, you know, make you worried, but we are going to be closing school. I'm like, why are you telling them this right now? I have to go bring them back to the classroom and pack them up to go home. I walk into the art room and I walk in like hands up and surrender. I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. They're all like running around yelling, this is not our school. It's canceled. There's like three (laughs) crying. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I have 27 students. I have seven who are English learners. I have all the English learners for the grade. And I have, you know, multiple students with special needs and two who don't know any English at all. And so I walk into the art room to, uh, you know, a decent amount of panic and chaos. I'm like, be quiet, get in line. Let's get back to the classroom and just sit down and be quiet. Just go put your head down for a minute (laughs) so I can explain what's going on. You know, I got my Google Translate app out. I'm like trying to explain there's a really bad flu. We don't have school. Like, how do I turn this into Romanian? So, suffice to say, it was a very intense day. Yes. <laughs> yes. But then how has e-learning been going since then? You know, it's a challenge, especially with younger kids and especially me having a lot of students who don't know English. Um, it's so reliant on reading. I, you know, briefly talked to the kindergarten teachers. They don't even have one-to-one devices they're using um, their parent devices. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a hot mess too. But, you know, it's going okay. I think like two-thirds of my class is logging in every day. I put together Google Slides. The nice thing is um, a lot of these companies like Scholastic, um, Seesaw, even Zoom are making like their their unlimited versions or their premium trials. 
Yeah, I saw a lot of notices about like a lot of resources for teachers and educators are now free or at least until a certain point are free just because everyone's e-learning right now and they're like, yeah, please use our stuff, no worries. Yeah, it's just like, you know, with younger kids, I don't want to give them anything that they've never done before because I have to teach them how to use it in the first place and I am still trying to figure out how. I've been, you know, doing Screencastify or Looms to just show how to open things and we use our computers at school, but... But I always showed them how to do the new thing, and it's always tough. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to use what we already know how to do. That makes a lot of sense. But so the kids have been able to do at least what you've been giving them? Some of them. Yeah, you know, their parents are sending me pictures of their writing work. It's really low quality. (laughs) At school, they'll write maybe six pages, like kid pages, you know, like Mm -hmm. four or five sentences a page. But they'll write like a good, you know, five, six pages at school in a day. And then I'm getting a piece of writing from one day that's three sentences and like a giant picture. I'm like, oh boy. You know, we forgot about capitals and periods and transition words. So it really depends on if their parents are involved. Hmm. How's your how's your setup though at the apartment at our place? Well, as you know, <laughs> I dragged you to Home Goods the day after uh, the school closure was announced and we bought a new desk. Mm-hmm. Um, our apartment's pretty dark and I love the sun it's hard for me to be in the dark but our we have a loft and our loft gets good light and so we put a little desk into the loft so most of the day i'm not you know in our cavern of darkness (laughs) it's so funny we bought this place and i was like yeah the only thing is that you know the lighting's terrible it just doesn't come in and you and i were both like oh it's okay we're never home during the daytime you know we're both at work and we're out on the weekend we'll get some lamps it'll be okay we'll get some lamps we bought like (laughs) five lamps on Wayfair the day we <laughs> closed on this apartment and and here we are here all day now yeah it's been, it's been really interesting working from home because for me it was it was different you know I mean, March 13th you were saying was when all the school shut down and they went e-learning I think by that point a lot of the people I knew had already started working from home especially all the software people all the programming anything that was really computer oriented they had started working from home and then by Monday or you know over that weekend everyone was kind of working from home unless they were essential like you know doctors and stuff like that and me i was still going in i went in on monday Uh, my company is an engineering firm that does a lot of utility work and so we were told we are essential personnel which makes sense and i was you know i i understand that we're doing a lot of utility work as well as you know that means my work is still continuing my company doesn't need to lay anyone off we don't need to shut down for the time period but they were saying we need to come into work which I didn't understand because I do a lot of engineering on the computer. Actually, I do all of my work on the computer. It's all mainly in AutoCAD, you know, computer-aided drafting. So for me, there was really, you know, me and my coworkers were talking about this. We are like, we understand we're essential personnel. No confusion about that. We understand there's work that needs to be done. No confusion about that. Why are we told that we need to be here in person? That's what we were confused about. And kind of, to be frank, we were angry about it because we were like, it just doesn't make sense. And so that was Monday. Tuesday morning, I sit down with my manager and I kind of like talk to him like, hey, you know, everyone's kind of doesn't understand why we need to be in the office. We're a little bit mad. He was kind of mad because all of like the top people were getting a lot of backlash about us needing to be there. Um, And so he was just kind of annoyed that there was more of like, you know, people getting more and more mad. Um, But I was like, you know, I'm just trying to relay to you what is going on. Um, But then that same day on Tuesday, 
you know, that afternoon, our, the owner of the company, you know, called us in, we're a small firm, only like around a hundred people. So we all got together and she told us, you know, we'd be going home from that day, you know, after that time period and you'll be working from home from then on. And she was, you know, very clear that, you know, she was hurt that there was any type of rumor that she didn't care. She does care about us. And that she was also in the office. So I understood that. Like, she was also in the office. It wasn't like, you know, she was somewhere else telling us to work from the office. Um, but then she, you know, was like telling us about how she had to continuously reassure the, the companies that we were working for that we'd get their work done. So I think there was, you know, she knew some stuff that we didn't and she was kind of like, playing it by how the people that were giving us the work were also wanting it to be done. Uh, But thankfully, they sent us home on Tuesday. And, you know, working from home has been very interesting. I had a little bit of experience uh, two companies ago. I was working from home every Friday. So I was pretty good at working from home already. Uh, For me, I've always been really good at setting boundaries between work and, you know, home. I don't like to respond to emails or chat messages outside of, like, work hours uh, I try to like, you know, set those boundaries that like, hey, when I'm at work, I'm at work. When I'm not at work, I'm not at work. I'm not getting paid. I'm not going to respond to your email and stuff like that. So working from home, I've been kind of good. We have a like a den, we have, you know, that area that we have desk in, we have my computer in. So I set up my work computer there. And, you know, in the mornings, me and Safa, you know, when we're both getting ready, it's kind of like, okay, now is work time. We both kind of get our stuff done and then, you know, we'll be like, okay, take a break. Now it's lunchtime, you know, okay, stop. Now it's back to work. Um, so I, I think we've been pretty good at like kind of distinguishing what's work time and what's like, you know, just home time. Uh, whereas a lot of people I think have troubles with setting those boundaries. Right. And that's a unique challenge with education as well, because I mean, even in general, teachers have a hard time having a work life balance and as you know, like I was Challenge working. meaning she doesn't have a work-life balance. <laughs> right. And as you know, today I spent, I was on four, four separate calls for work and working on my plans for this week. And, and it's, it's definitely tough because usually you just have the people who are accessing you, like parents will email you, but they'll understand that you're not going to get back to them after a certain time. But a lot of days at work here, like I've been on the phone with so many families especially you know families who you know the parents don't speak english while trying to explain things or, yeah you know they're texting me at like i gave them my phone number that was a decision i had to make and i thought it would just be easier i i'm glad i did it mm-hmm. is easier than trying to do it through email like sometimes i just need to talk to them but, don't you know. they have those like different apps like class dojo or seesaw yeah class dojo is what i use usually for texting with parents and i've used remind but everything is lagging right now like all the servers are oh, overloaded dang. So I'm getting messages from parents at like 9 p.m. Oh, so-and-so, you know, like threw up. Like, should I have them log in in the morning? Or, you know, our internet's not working. Can you mark that? Because we're still marking attendance. So I'm just getting like constant communication, um, which I'm grateful for because it gives me something to do. And I, you know, I love my kids and I love seeing you know, the videos parents are sending of them in their pajamas, like the cute video. <laughs> I love them. They make me so happy. But then... I feel like I'm always working. Yeah, I think it's definitely very unique to your industry. Or there's many industries like that. But for us, like engineering, it's much easier to have those boundaries because parents aren't relying on me to like make sure the kid is getting their stuff done or like, you know, oh, yeah, we need to have their attendance that we don't have internet, right? right? It's more of just like, hey, these projects have this deadline. Let's get it done. It's more of just like whatever work was being done in the office is now being done at home. And so there's not really that change, whereas the difference between teaching second graders in the school versus e-learning is much different. You got to help them adapt to that. 
Um, yeah, I think one of the biggest things as well, though, for our company, there is a lot of more micromanaging, I would say, a lot more of people like coming into meetings that wouldn't usually come into those same meetings just because I think they're not used to anyone working at home. So they're worried about everyone getting their stuff done. So they're just trying to manage a lot more, um, which, you know, for me, I don't really like that. I think that is something that's just more of like, you need to be able to trust your employees. And hopefully as we, you know, show them that we can get the work done over time, there'll be less about that. We'll see how that goes. What I'm hoping is that even whenever we finish with this whole pandemic and we do go back into the office, they are a little bit more flexible with the work from home. If we show them that, hey, we get the work done and we get it done even whether we're at the office or at the home and stuff. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that. I I felt like this uh, a few days ago too and, you know, the week that school got called off. But I feel like your supervisors and managers, I feel like they are the position that I'm in and you guys are like the students, like my students, (laughs) like – how are we going to hold them accountable if we're at home? How are they going to know what to do if they're at home? And then I feel like that's my responsibility to figure out. And I bet your supervisors and managers are like, how am I going to hold the employees accountable? But you guys are adults and not seven. So. Well, it's interesting because also they were, you know, when we originally got the notice, you know, at the company-wide meeting, um, they were saying that, you know, as long as you get the work done, as long as you put in the 40 hours, you know, work from home, you have a little bit more flexibility. You could wake up at 12 and work for three hours and go back to sleep if you wanted, right? And it's interesting they say that, but then at the same time, they're having like, you know, daily check-ins at 9 a.m. and daily check-ins at like 3 p.m. Like they'll have like check-ins and like meetings at the normal time. It's like, so really you don't have that same flexibility. No one's working yeah, at 12 a.m. if you got to- in the same spot yeah. there where, where, you know, oh, it's going to be more flexible. And, you know, a lot of the debate, and I think a lot of the reason they held off on announcing e-learning was- um just because, you know, it's teaching lots of moms, right? I mean, we don't have kids, but most of, like, almost all my other coworkers have families. And so it was supposed to be flexible, but then we check in at 8, and we have to post parents at 9, and we have to take attendance by this time, and then we have Zoom staff meetings, and I just, like, you know, the staff meeting is everybody holding their children in their lap and, like, <laughs> their, you know, older kids running around in the background. It's very different. Yeah, and it was really interesting because I thought the same thing for y'all. It'd be a little bit more flexible, but you guys still have a pretty rigid schedule with check-ins and, like, posting and, like, taking attendance and everything. Right, and I understand why those things are there. It's just, you know, I almost feel like I'm working more now than usual except for the fact that I'm, you know, I'm not even in my pajamas. You know, I'm making videos <laughs> for the kids. I'm waking up. I'm getting ready. I'm even putting makeup on for the for the video that I know the seven year olds don't care, but I care. So, <laughs> which is good because I know a lot of people. This is something that, um, you know, I discussed with Amrasman today. We recorded an episode, but that'll be coming out in a few days. Uh, but one of the tips that he gave was having that clear boundary, and one of those ways was getting ready. Whether that even be just like putting on a t shirt and jeans, it doesn't matter. But changing out of your like clothes that you slept in into just like a different pair of clothes that you're gonna be working in just makes a whole like a big difference in how you frame your working from home and stuff. And that I know helps out with me a lot too. Like even if I'm just putting on like a thobe and stuff, like just that switch between night to like work, it's really good in like making sure that you stay accountable and that you actually start working rather than just like kind of lazing about like, okay, let me get my chai, you know, I'll just get down and then start working. But, you know, aside from work, how has been adapting to staying at home all day been for you? You know, this is funny because I tell you all the time and I tell my friends all the time, you know, one day I'm just going to quit my job and I'm just going to be a housewife and just stay at home. 
Um, but of course, when I say that, I'm imagining myself going to like yoga class and like a crafting class during the daytime, not just sitting at home. So that's been tough for me. You know, you see the memes like, mm-hmm. oh, you can help save the world by lying on your couch and watching Netflix, but I don't really watch TV a lot. And I've been having a hard time focusing on reading with like the work text popping up every 10 seconds or just, you know, that feeling. I thought of, you should use your Kindle versus your phone to read. But no, yeah. but you, I, I've been trying to read paper books or I've been coloring in my coloring book mm. or I've been trying to do hobbies. I just like feel very distracted. Like I always feel like, oh, I need to go work on my plans or oh, I need to go check student work or oh, I need to go contact these parents or my teammates or the EL teacher or the principal. I, my I brain think, is always running. I think also a bigger difference is that, you know, when you say, oh, I just want to quit and stay at home. You have the choice to do what you want, right? You have the choice to go out. You said, as you say, you can go shopping. You can go hang out with your friends. With this, you're stuck at home. And even if you do go out, it's very limited. It's like, okay, go for a walk or go pick up some food or that's it really. No, and and alhamdulillah, we're so blessed. But I also imagine that life when we're not in a dark cavern, one and a half bedroom apartment with no air conditioning. And (laughs) it's like 83 degrees in here half the time. And, you know, it's not the most, I mean, I love our apartment, but, you know. Yeah, no, definitely, inshallah. It's um, stuffy. <laughs> stuffy is one way to describe it. Yeah, so I think one of the things that have been big for us is kind of planning out things to do, mm-hmm. uh, just to keep ourselves, like, quote-unquote, sane. Oh, yeah, like, humble, schedule. <laughs> yeah, humble, like, we've been blessed that, you know, both of us have still kept our jobs. You know, we're still working. Um, we have, you know, basic necessities, life and stuff. We have food on the table. But, you know, just keeping our minds busy, aside from just watching Netflix and stuff, you know, tell them about the schedule of activities that you've made for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell them about the schedule that I have a thought about this as well. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, one, I don't remember exactly. I have it written down. I did my, like, hand lettering. I took a class once one day of paper source. So I use my fancy hand lettering to make a schedule. But we have board game night, and we have a, one night that we have a dinner date that we dress up for. We have one night that's a movie night. What else now, we've we never actually there? finished a board game or a movie because, as Safa said, she's having trouble focusing on any of this stuff. I'm having a lot of trouble focusing. So we'll start one of those and then halfway through just stop and then switch to something else. But I just wanted to point out that, you know, that this coronavirus crisis, right, COVID-19 crisis and the stay-at-home order, just the way it affects people is very inequitable. You know, alhamdulillah, we're so blessed. We live in a nice apartment. We, you know, it's it's safe. Um, but you think about people who are in unsafe living conditions, who are in overcrowded living conditions, who don't have the ability to order DoorDash once a week like we do, who don't have the money to stockpile toilet paper and it runs out and they can't get any. Their situation is a lot worse than, you know, I think of, you know, alhamdulillah, my parents and their big house in the suburbs with a yard and they can go outside and they can you know have a picnic or they can barbecue and they're still like following the stay-at-home order um versus people who are you know stuck in cramped quarters and literally can't escape yeah because i mean many people think this is going to be over soon but my prediction is we're going into june at the minimum and for many people you know that gets into a lot of territories that some people don't have air conditioning at their place because you know chicago land right. not everywhere is built with air I conditioning i mean our last two apartments didn't have air conditioning it's just not yeah they just have the, the units yeah um, and then as well as you said like your parents can easily go you know outside have a picnic or barbecue and they're staying within those you know laws of like stay at home but a lot of people can't do that and it's like the effect that has on people's mental well-being effects on their economic well-being when they're overcrowded i mean you have you know, three kids in a, I mean, this is, I think of my students, I teach at a Title I school, and I know 
there's families that have three, four kids in a one-bedroom apartment. Like, the kids sleep in the living room, and, like, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's definitely, like, one of the big things that is going to, I think I say, over the course of the next month, we're definitely going to see as the weather you know, gets warmer and stuff, we're going to see a lot more of these troubles pop up as a lot of these people are, are at home most of the day. Um, you know, bills will rise and a lot of people won't be able to, you know, address those with the current economic status that they're in as more people even lose jobs because right now we're seeing people get laid off with only like a two-week closure of restaurants and hospitality industry. But, mm -hmm. you know, if we're giving like a month or two of everyone staying at home, you're going to see even a bigger hit. When you think of the industries that a lot of people are in who are getting laid off, it's, you know, a lot of jobs that don't make a lot of money to begin with in, you know, the service industry. And, and that's going to be a big challenge. You know, I worry about my students in that case. And you know, we're lucky we can go use our my mom's backyard without having to really come into contact with my grandma there, but not everyone has that. No, that's definitely true. So what are, for me, some of the things that have worked in terms of, you know, dealing with the pandemic and being at home, unlike self help, I can consume media at a breathtaking pace and not really, <laughs> you know, need a break. <laughs> so for me, for right now, I've actually just been reading a lot of books and reading a lot of manga. Um, so that's been really good. And then, you know, restarting the podcast has been a lot of fun. I've recorded three episodes today alone and one episode yesterday. So that was the whole weekend, actually. It was a lot of recording. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, but what about you? What are things that, I know it's been a week now, or maybe, yeah, around a week. Mm -hmm. You know, you said you've had trouble with some stuff. What are some things that you found success in, like, keeping yourself busy? Yeah, I think staying connected socially is the thing that really helps me to feel better. You know, when I'm sitting there in my own head, you know, getting worried, then it just makes it worse, and it just falls into this pit of stress in my stomach but uh today i had a party with my friends on zoom we uh, said i saw some articles so we were joking we're socializing distantly and we had a lot of fun and that was like an hour and a half where i didn't feel you know worried i call my mom i call my teammates at work and we talk about non-work things sometimes like on the weekend so that's nice yeah i think a lot more uh video calls have been helping out like we video called mm -hmm. with family uh, video call even with friends that like I never video call before but now everyone's just stuck at home and they're like yeah let's do a video call guys let's just hang out might as well right I know there's this app called house party where like you can start like a video call basically like create a house party and people who have the app they'll get like that notification they can just join your house party and they can come in and out of each other's house parties so that like that app I think came out last summer and it's like number one well, right I remember now. that app from a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, like it, was, it wasn't like, like popular now. I remember it now. when I was in college. No, this was a recent one that like got created. No, and I remember somebody, I don't know, I remember some drama when I was like either right out of college or in college about my brother and his friends in the house party app. <laughs> that may have been a different app but this one i think came out recently and then i think it's just skyrocketed again to the top like right now when you look at the app store all the top apps are like zoom and like google me and like mm -hmm. hangouts and like webex you know video conference it's all the video call apps because that's what everyone's been using or the educational apps so it's been really interesting seeing you know how the industries have changed and like what's been downloaded right now uh, but yeah so i think socializing has been really a big change i know people are like hey let's do a virtual game night or let's figure something out like even beyond just like playing video games, it's like you want to have that face-to-face -face interaction as you're doing something. Yeah, and then we've been getting outside, even though the weather's not great. It's cold, it's raining, it's yeah. snowing, but I've, I'm still taking my daily walk, which huh. helps me, you know, escape the stuffy feeling or like the feeling, like the claustrophobic feeling. Yeah, occasionally I make that daily walk go in the direction of 7-Eleven and get some coffee. Uh, I'm going to stop going there. <laughs> hey, dollar coffee at 7-Eleven, it's always good. Got to touch the door handle. <laughs> 
That's true. That's that's always I think been the hardest thing for whenever we're going out. Like even if we need to go to a store or something, it's like how much can we limit our exposure? Right? Like wearing gloves and like grabbing that door handle, and then like when we get home, putting those gloves in like a certain spot. And so like we have what we call our Corona clothes and like our Corona like area. It's like that area is where we put the Corona clothes or we put everything that's like from outside. And then like when we get home, wash our hands, wash everything, maybe even take a shower and stuff, just to like try to put that level of like you know protection. Yeah, yesterday we ran a lot of errands because, um, like, the Illinois announced their shutdown starting at 5 p.m. So, you know, you needed to go get some tech stuff from Micro City. I wanted to get some crafting stuff. Yeah. Micro Center, sorry. <laughs> okay. Circuit City. That doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I wanted to go get some craft stuff from Michael's, which was still open. We got groceries. And so, yeah, that was like a let's just shower. Yeah. Out. <laughs> it was really interesting seeing what are considered essential businesses right now. Um, I know Michael's the cashier. Michael's did not like being open. She did not think it's an essential business. And they're staying open throughout the yeah. shutdown. That actually brings up a really good point. I don't understand how this is being decided because my cousin works for an, auto- uh, an optometry chain, like a commercial chain. I won't say which one, but um, they decided that they're essential, but all of the other ones already shut down. And then, you know, Michael's is saying, oh, we're essential, but, you know, Joanne fabrics and all the other craft stores shut down so yeah i know gamestop was saying they were essential and they've only really shut down their stores in california are they so so in illinois do companies get to decide for themselves or is there a list of what is and isn't essential i mean i think there's a list of like i know when oak park did their shelter in place there was like a list of what is essential business Mm -hmm. um and i think companies are just trying to like get under that and be like yeah or like appeal like yeah we're an essential business until the point of when the government forces them to like until the california government forced gamestop to close their stores they were like oh we're an essential business so i think it's just like but for the most part like restaurants and stuff they're like closed right and there's like no question like hey restaurants are closed but everyone else is kind of trying to like get off like, oh, we're an essential business, you know. Oh and I know for like some like Joanne, okay, I get closed down. Michael's. I mean, was busy, I but... I feel like it's essential for myself, <laughs> but like realistically, I think about the employees there yeah. and what they're being exposed to, and that people are gonna take the risk to go out when online ordering does exist. Like it's so easy to do curbside pickup instead of having the inside of the yeah. store open and that's what i was thinking with micro center like especially with everyone being at home right now and everyone working from home like tech like infrastructure is being overloaded a lot of people need stuff you know i was going out to get stuff for the podcast recording but a lot of people might need it to like you know maybe their work from home isn't working at that point they need to go get something but i definitely think they could have just made it where it's only online order and pickup Right, and you can just grab it from the curb, and like you know, right now they're I think allowing twenty five people in at a time, and like there's like six foot, like they have like little tape marks where you can stand in line and stuff. But even then, it's like there's still a little bit more risk and exposure, and it's like they could have just made it where no one inside the store just order online and then pick up and stuff. So yeah, it's it's really interesting to see what businesses are like. Oh hey, we're essential. Yeah, I I wonder where we're gonna be in a few weeks. I think that's kind of the scariest thing for everyone, especially young healthy americans like us like oh are we young and healthy okay yes uh, relatively yes (laughs) we don't have any underlying health conditions maybe just need to lose a little weight both of us but um i guess and i think this is what i hear echoed is we're not so scared of getting sick as we are of just the unknown you know of course we don't want to affect the vulnerable infect the vulnerable population but we don't know what life is going to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, we say this is the new normal. For how long? Is this the new normal for two weeks or three months or six months or five years? Like, 
what we just yeah we we really don't know but so in terms of you know being at home one of the other things that we've been trying to i think islamically is like try to like stay connected in some way i know a lot of the our local masjid a lot of the organizations have been switching everything to online we've been trying to like watch those together like i know one of our local ones icn youth and mecca movement they did like a combo thing you know friday night at 8 p.m so we tried to watch that together um, as well as like you know do jamaat together so that's always like good you know try to get those little structures in place so that way you know you're still kind of like doing things together and like keeping that structure but i think it's definitely been hard to like always also have that motivation to like okay yeah it's a friday night we just had work we still have work and stuff like hey let's still log on and like watch this yeah then there was one other thing we saw online but ended up not doing was having like a a friend like a couple friend who you know also is like following social distancing really well and like connecting with them and have like but then we both kind of chickened out we like (laughs) identified you know a couple that we thought you know yeah they're probably following social distancing we would feel safe letting them into our apartment and having dinner as long as we maintain distance but um i think just as things are worsening we felt a little yeah. uncomfortable with that so yeah it'll be interesting to see how long that'll last though because we might just need some social interaction we'll, we'll have a zoom dinner <laughs> like i had a zoom party today no definitely well okay uh thank you so much Safa, my amazing wife for joining me on the first episode of isn't mo quarantine though i thought it'd be good just to have everyone you know kind of see a little bit into how we're dealing with work from home and the coronavirus pandemic before i started interviewing some other guests any last words for the audience no, i think you got it all <laughs> all right well you can always follow me at zbhoy and at immtcast as always i'm your host Zia Dadboy, and we're gonna actually have a pretty uh intense schedule for the release of these episodes you know today is monday um we're hoping to have the next episode by wednesday and the episode after that on friday you know, just because with everything going on, you know, delaying these episodes any longer would just kind of put them out of date and the information would be already, you know, everything's changing day to day. So I was just like, you know what, let's get them out as soon as possible. So hopefully we'll have that out for y'all, you know, stay tuned and let your friends know about it. Thanks. So long.